Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Hey, let's do it live on a first Friday edition of the program. Merely Bo and the Great Z, fresh off the practice field, day two, mandatory minicamp. How you living, buddy? I'm doing well. Good to see everybody back out there again, getting it after it today. Uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, yesterday was kind of, as we said many times, document special practice, emphasis on practice, special seven-on-seven period, emphasis on seven-on-seven period today. Sure. Also, I think a very good practice. Deshaun, again, came out of the gate and was ridiculously sharp through a bomb to Elijah Moore. The only drop he had in the early period or incompletion was a drop by David Njoku, but Chief bounced back and then in the red zone had a great touchdown on a high throw at the back of the end zone where it had to be. Marquise Goodwin continues to make plays. Elijah Moore continues to make plays. DPJ. Tillman had another nice day. Caught mm-hmm. a couple touchdowns in the red zone period, and he's getting some work with the ones, and he certainly looks the part. Dalen Baldwin had a nice day. Jalen Darden had a nice day. And the defense had a nice day. I thought that the defense, you know, it wasn't nine out of ten touchdowns again. It was probably like five out of ten touchdowns. Okay. With some incompletions this time in the red zone. Greg Newsom was in some good spots. You know, Delta was in some good spots. They just – it's a condensed area, and we have a lot of talented players, so – it was a good a good day of practice. I didn't feel it. I don't know about Gibbe. If you felt it wasn't as maybe energetic as yesterday, it didn't feel. That's easy to explain. Yesterday's first day of school. Yeah, and today's second. Everybody's yeah. back, and it's, you know, there's bounce, there's, there's juice, there's yeah. all of that. I mean, yeah. that's, it's human nature. For sure. You know, it was the first time for all of these guys. It was the first time for Miles Garrett to be on the field with Zedarius Smith. Yes. Like, that's yesterday. So that's, that's why you're going to have that juice, and that's why, you know, yesterday was such a special – circumstance because it was first day of school and it was also a lights out performance yes so those two things put together give you what you got that's how you get the result you got yesterday yeah. there was no way for today to ever be that juice again no. it's once you get no. it once but you got it was still a very yeah very productive day you know it's hard this defense a lot of what this defense is going to do that's going to make it look better obviously right is from mm-hmm. that front and when you see them out there you see Zadarius who's a big guy Miles you see Dalvin Tomlinson Jordan Elliott looks great even when you see Alex Wright go in on the inside yeah. there uh, with them Oboe there's just a lot of great athletes that that pass rush is going to be so important to what we do and so important to how our defense operates at such an elite level. And you don't see that now. I mean, there's none of it. In fact, it's kind of weird. This is an odd time to be a defensive lineman. This is a skill position on offense and a skill position on defense passing camp, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those guys don't get to do a whole lot. Even when they're out there in the team period, it's kind of very much 50% at most speed. Uh, yeah. So it's hard to see really what that's going to look like, although we know it's exciting. Um, we did see special teams today. Cade York kicked. Uh, he went five of six. His only miss came from like 40-something, and his foot kind of hit the b- ground before he hit the ball, and it just kind of went left. But his last kick his was from 53, one. and it was good from yeah. 70. I mean, they were – and ev- the other ones were like five just piped. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's what it's got to be. Maybe Charlie had a couple snaps that weren't up to his normal standard. Um, but overall, again, positive day. They wrapped a little bit earlier today than they did yesterday. I- I'll tell you, it's funny when you just talk to anybody. This is now – so I interviewed – we did Elijah yesterday. Today, after practice, I talked to Jordan Konashik and Marquise Goodwin. 
this is new for me. We have guys that are fun and very nice, and they're excited. Yeah. The smiles that you're getting from people because it's like they know. And in the interviews, they're always like, I'm cheesing. Kunashik and the Higgs. Like, you guys could see me right now. I have grinning ear to ear. Yeah. Marquise Goodwin said the exact same thing. You could see me right now. I'm grinning ear yeah, to yeah. ear. And Elijah was the same way. They know that it's here. And I think that's what's so hard about being a Browns fan right now. People are like, oh, we're celebrating a practice, this, that, and whatever. And that's fine if you want to – look, what else are you going to get excited about right now? That's that's all that's happening from a football standpoint. We all know, me included, this is about what happens in September, October, November, December, January, and hopefully into February. But all you can do is live in the moment now. And the fact is this. This is a very so talented team. <laughs> it is. But this is a very talented team on both sides of the football. And this yeah. should be a team of consequence. And f- period. Full stop. This should be a team of consequence. And I'm talking winning – Ability to win this division, absolutely. Ability to win this conference, absolutely. Ability to beat anybody, win the Super Bowl, absolutely. Now they got to go do it. And that's far off. So all we can do is break down the things that let us know that we're on the path that we had hoped we would be. You go through the top storylines for this team, everybody. It's all about one thing, Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. So if he keeps looking like this, you feel pretty good that when it comes to real football, he's going to continue to look like an elite quarterback. So that's what it is. That's where we're at. I don't think we have to apologize for. Oh, I won't apologize. (laughs) I don't think we have to apologize for being excited about what we see. Um, I also think that in general, that you got to be able to live a little bit for God's sakes, right? Right. You can't Charlie Brown everything through life where you're worried about a football coming out. And by the way, if this doesn't go well, it ain't going to be a very fun off season. No. It's not, okay. It's not going to be. That's fun not going to be fun for anybody because mm-hmm. this is everything. I think this is what you can take away from this. This has been really an over a year long pursuit of trying to jump this team to the head of the pack in the AFC. Yep, in a loaded there, AFC. There were there were pieces on this roster coming out of the 2021 season that. The belief in the building, and clearly I think the accurate belief was, was good enough to go compete for a championship. Mm -hmm. There was a belief that there was one position in particular that wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. So you went all in, as big as you can go all in, because franchise quarterbacks in the mid-20s do not become available. So once that happens, you went all in to make yourself a contender at the highest level. We're we're always so cautious, oh, go win your division, and our – our, the faces of our organization in terms of coach or AB, like they're not – this is you and me, but this is the reality of it. They went all in yes. to win the Super Bowl. Yes. All in. It started last year in the offseason. It continued this year in the offseason. It is why I talk about this all the time. There is tremendous pressure yes. to win at the highest level. Yep. Will people be fired if you don't win the Super Bowl? No, of course not. That's that's not not win the Super Bowl. No, that's a hard needle to thread yes. in an AFC that's absolutely ridiculous. But at the same time, this better be a team of consequence, and it's yes. built to be a team of consequence. And if it's not, then something borderline catastrophic has happened. That's the reality. So you have a couple of choices, as a Browns fan. You can sit back and say, oh, "I don't care about anything. Tell me, tell me in September when do the games?" You can, that's fine. Go, go about life that way. I don't choose to go through life that way. But if you want no, to, you fine. Live. That, that's If that's the way you want to live, do it that way. The other way to look at it is this is very good. What we're seeing is very good. And it's unlike anything we've seen previously. Fact. Acknowledging 
that there were times that we felt that way about Baker because there were times when we were out here two years. It was, this was 01. This is 21 in the, in the summer. I'll never forget it. Odell coming off the injury, making cuts, Baker telling him where to go, and he went, wow, this looks great. This was great. And guess what? That was unlike anything we'd seen either because we don't have a whole lot here in the last 20 years. Staying your hand on No, and that was as the difference between that and what we'd seen before, that was definitely better than the difference what we're seeing now was like. Right. It's step. It's a yes. we jumped a step. We jumped a few steps. With this. That's yes. what that's what this last year has been about. So it's really about your how you want to live your life, the way you want to go. And that's it. There's this is what's being seen out here. It's not just you and I talking like this. It's no. people who cover the team. Oftentimes, people who pessimistically cover the team. Yes, that are having the exact same dialogue. Because it's obvious. It's, it's clear. obvious, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Means and I think not, that there are a lot of people. Anything. Look, and I think there are a lot of people who listen to this show on a regular basis, or who tune in, you know, here and there. Basically, people who love this football team that have feel like they're scared. They're scared. Of to, course, they are. And I get it. This has not been great. It's yeah. not been great. Other than Don't get 20, my hopes up again. Right. Right. But this is a real team, and this is a team with a ton of talent. You have three, two of the five guys in the NFL who have had double-digit sacks in, the, in three of the last four years. You've got a quarterback who in the last three seasons led the NFL in passing. And, by the way, he didn't play the other two. He played six games in one and didn't play the other. So, yeah. last time he played a full season, he led the NFL in passing. You've got the best running back in the NFL. You have a receiving core where you've got, you could say, maybe some of these guys aren't proven, but Amari Cooper most certainly is proven. You know, oh, a handful, five, I think, or six now, 1,000-yard seasons, multiple-time pro bowler. You've got young guys who seem to be ascending talents. You have the best guard combination in the NFL. You've got a two-time pro, all-pro, first-team, right tackle. You've got a center who last year was phenomenal. You've got a top-ten pick at left tackle who you hope continues to develop. And then on the defense side of the ball, you've got one of the best corner trios in the NFL, certainly top five. You've got a safety trio that is certainly in the top half of the league, if not better than that. Yep. Like you, You've got a defensive coordinator who's won Super Bowls. You have a guy whose special teams units have been top five every year that he's coached. Bubba Ventrone, and you've got a great orchestration on offense now with Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, and, and that staff of guys that they have there, that collaborative process. You've got – it's all there. It yeah. is all there. And we're going to need some luck from an injury standpoint. Yeah. You're going to probably need some luck in terms of how the ball bounces a couple times in a couple big games. Yeah. But the talent to go out there and be the best team on the field exists for this team every single week they play. Yeah. And that's it. And if it doesn't, then it's that that would be it would be shocking and it would be a problem across the board. So, yes. yeah, I mean, that's that's where you are. Um, what do you make of this? You've said this a couple of times and it's I wanted to drill back on it for a second. Um, you know that this is a kind of a weird camp for defense and offensive linemen and that it's this is basically a seven on seven camp. Yes. Yep. Have you seen anything like this in your previous runs with mandatory minicamp yeah that's how it was last year that's this is the way they do it and this is the way yeah we didn't really do when we were at the stadium we did i don't think we did intense team i don't think team and otas has ever been full speed under kevin Stefanski. has not been it's always yes. been this like you go back to 2014 you had full-on team and yeah, all yeah, that. yeah. but i think that, that's i think that Since cba the... changes yeah. okay so this is all you can do is this is this seven on correct seven stuff. yep that's because because i brought it up last week uh when you and I are on Monday, I said, I'd love to see 
offensive lineman versus defensive lineman. And you're like, I don't think they can do that, number one. And then number two, they, they're not in pads, so you're not seeing. Cause, because I wanted to see something from the defense uh, from that line and, and see well, those guys in action. And you can't really – Yeah, I just wonder even, too, tell. like even if they could just stand there, you know, so you had had to throw around them in the middle of the line, yeah. you know, if that if that would even help, if they could even just be there without having contact. I personally think that that's a great idea. Because yeah, just have them stand I, I mean, there. There's going to be people in front of you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. All right, so here you go. Phase three. That's a great point, Bishop. So it's I know part- that you already know that. But it's, well, I appreciate that. It's considered phase three. You can do seven on seven, nine on seven, 11 on 11 drills will be permitted with no live contact taking place. So it doesn't specify that the 11 on 11 necessarily has to be jog through Yeah. But that's the way that we've done it for a while. And then in minicamp, you get two practices per day, totaling three and a half hours on the field. But the second practice must be a walkthrough only. So that's basically, that's, that's where we're So I do, now. yeah, I do wonder if there would be, I don't know, they must not think that there is. But it, to me, there would be value in having just all 11 on both sides on the field. even if So they they've done have, that. Even if they don't have contact or anything. That's what they're just doing. Like jump up and, and. And they're doing their stunts and yeah. they're showing their blitzes. But then it's. Yeah, that's it. That's so you it. are that's getting that. You're you getting. Will, that. You're getting eleven okay. on eleven. Well, that's what I was curious about. At then. jog pace. At jog pace, but you're not getting that full speed. Correct. The only okay. thing that happens full speed is seven on seven. Seven on seven. Okay. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Tillman. Mm-hmm. Like what you saw there? Yeah, liked what I saw from him. He um, again, such a good hands catcher. He let one get in on his body and actually hit off his chest, popped up in the air. I thought I was going to get picked, and he somehow caught it in the midst of two people, which was kind of incredible. Should have caught it the first time, but. And then the red zone, a couple nice touchdown passes. He and DTR, obviously, that chemistry is very apparent. Yeah. I think that's going to be fun in the early preseason games. Yeah, it'll give you something to watch. It'll give you something to watch. Um, yeah, but Cedric Tillman, he doesn't look out of place at all running with the ones. And today, Amari didn't do anything. Today, Amari was was off to the side and out there. Um, so he got a few more reps. Dalen Baldwin got some reps and I thought had a nice practice, put a good kind of jerk route on Greg Newsom. I forget how tall he is. No, he's big. He's yeah, a big guy. 6'2". Yeah. Like, I'm like – I, I, I don't know He's why big. I yeah. didn't have him as that, but I'm like. Man. He and Tillman are big. They're able to – and Chief and Jordan Akins are big. And they're able yeah. to use Jordan Akins and Chief sometimes as kind of wide receivers and some of the things that they're doing. Um, and then, you know, Goodwin flies. And Goodwin is very crafty in the red zone. He's a pro, man. He's, He's been a around pro. a long time. Totally. And then, you know. It's funny, I was joking with with Jordan, and I said, you know, you guys probably, I said, through a linebacker's eyes, and you don't have to f- deal with this on Sunday, but when they kind of come out with, you know, Goodwin, Amari, and Donovan with David Njoku, and then you're like, okay, well, at least, you know, the running back shouldn't be a big factor in the passing game on this one, and then you look up and you're like, oh, it's Elijah Moore back there. He goes, we've already had to adjust how we deal with that because he's so dynamic out of the backfield. So that, I think, will be a fun problem for other people to have to deal with in-game situations. But I think it's been good. It's helped our guys in case we see some yeah. teams who want to put receivers back in there. We're going to be as prepared for that as, as anybody, right, with Debo. Um, yeah, just that again, another a very, very solid day. Deshaun's throwing – he's just throwing the ball well. It's just – I think it's more than anything, it's his own confidence in himself. Yeah. I think that on some days, you know, coming back from a layoff like that for anything, like even – Take me from my particular level of golf. Mm-hmm. If I haven't played in a long time, like, I don't know. You don't have expectations. And usually the first time you're out, it's pretty good because you're not thinking. Yeah. And then the second time you're out, it's like, wait a second. Like, do I know how to do this yeah. again? And then it takes a little while. And then all of a sudden you stop thinking again because you're like, yeah, I got th- I'm back. 
Yeah, the, the tricky thing for uh, – And I know he's trying to hit me. I've never had that experience the on the golf course, by <laughs> no, the way. No, I haven't either. No, he's ever trying okay. to hit me, which I no, think is a little I, easier. No, but I think that the, the thing that you – you know, for me with, with Deshaun last year, it, ne- it had nothing to do with physical traits. It was no, because you still saw them of course. every week. Yeah, no, it's it's not that. It's not, does he have the ability to play quarterback at high level? Of course, yeah, yes, at the very highest level. The highest. It's got nothing to do with that. Um, it wasn't even from the standpoint is is he not seeing it? Uh, in terms of is, is he not seeing what he's supposed to be? Seeing? It wasn't ever that. It was mentally, he went through a lot, yeah. and self doubt can't help but creep in from time to time when you don't play in that long and you deal with what he went through for as long as he went through it. And there was a public scrutiny that came with that, the likes of which you cannot prepare for. The as likes of which, yeah. as a human being, you cannot prepare for it. Mm-mm. There was the, the best exa- – I think the most mentally tough athlete, uh, on a very short list, the most mem- mentally tough athlete I've ever seen in my life is Tiger Woods, right? I think we would all probably agree with that. After what happened Thanksgiving weekend with his wife, he was cooked. For a while. He was not he was not invincible anymore. He was different. And it took him a long time to get that part back. That was as damaging, more damaging to him than any injury. And, and, and is that totally back? I, I think he's, he's I think he's, he I won think the Masters. A, yeah, he won the Masters. I think he's all the way back. I think he was all the way he got back to number one in the world in like what was it, like fifteen or something like that? Fifteen, sixteen he got back to number one in the world. So I think he he like accepted it moved on, um, you know, I think he he did, but it took him a while. And and I, I, you know, I'll never forget him walking, playing, shooting like 80 on Saturday at the Memorial and then playing the final round by himself. He was the first one off at the Memorial. Yeah. And he walked down the first t- fairway by himself. It's an example of there's a mental side of this that is frail. It can be. Yeah. And that was what that was what I was worried about last year with Deshaun. No, it was not it's... physical – had nothing to do with his football acumen or anything. It's it's how do you deal with all of that? As a human. You're as a human, human being. As right. a human, how do you deal with it? The one thing that I thought was interesting today is, is for the first few reps, the defense got the best of him and the offense. The defense In the made, red zone? The, the def, no, the, the, uh, the group before that. The, uh, the first seven the, on seven the, or the team? Uh, the first seven on session. seven, the first play was the rollout and a bomb Correct. on Elijah Moore. But – the defense seemed to to be holding their own. You know, yeah, it was. Good, I mean, yeah. that, you could tell Schwartz had them ready to go. Like oh, yes. a, after yesterday, yeah, he'd run enough. He'd like, enough. Yeah, I, we're we're going to make some adjustments here, and they did, and they, and they were controlling it, and then they got to the red zone, and like the script flipped again, and the offense took off. He's just good. I was standing there with Gerard, and Gerard was like, "One of the throws he made goes, that's a, yeah, that's like that's a Brady throw. Like that was so he threw him open. It's." He, the windows he's able to throw the football in are so small, and he just—it's a beautiful ball. He's throwing a beautiful ball right now. I mean, yeah. And the one he threw to Elijah Moore is play action boot left, threw it back right, yeah. all the way to the sideline on like a post from the left, and it was a bomb. I I I go back all the way to last Monday at the golf outing, when one of our beat uh, reporters asked him, you know, like how will we know if you're back? And it was almost with a it was almost like he had the answers to the test, and he said, "I guess we'll see in September." Like he's back in that sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's fully, oh, he's got it, he's got that part back. Yep. Um, and he's right; you won't know for sure until September. But in terms of just, 
everything you're seeing, it all points it looks very good. in that direction, mm-hmm. certainly. Uh, you mentioned Gerard. He will join us with his observations coming up next. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, we've reached the final of our new dog logo contest. Make sure to vote. Your voice can be heard and vote for your favorite one vote per day. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash dog logo to cast your vote. As we head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline, a conversation with our great friend Gerard Cherry as he brings us his observations from day two of camp. Well, look, man, we've it's it's all quarterbacks, right? That's what we've been talking about. You, you got to take a look up close. Uh, what did you see from number four today? Uh, very impressive what I saw, Bo, in that the passes were crisp. They are thrown to the right people, and I understand, I get it. You're not under duress by any stretch of the imagination because, one, no pads are on you. You're going to get your teammates. But in situations like this, what you want to see is accuracy, balls not touching the ground, and the right decisions being made as far as who's getting the football. And all of those things took place, and Watson looked extremely comfortable in his surroundings. Gerard, just to give kind of some perspective, obviously you've seen uh, elite quarterback play in your day, and obviously things have changed and in these seven-on-sevens. But, like, what what are you looking for when you're watching Deshaun, knowing that, you know, what the rules are, knowing the way it goes, but what are you actually looking to see that tells you, yes, this is we're on the right path here? I look for, and we talked about this while on the sideline, Nathan. I don't know if you recall or not. When I see balls – easily thrown in tight windows in those circumstances where it's like yep. he has the pinpoint accuracy to do that. And again, I understand. There's not a real pass where it's taking place. But those things do matter. And also what I'm looking for too is, okay, with the hand fakes, and I believe I commented to you on this, making sure that you're doing those things the right way every time that you're consistent with it because those things play itself out in the, in the regular season and in the playoffs as well, that you're making sure that you're doing the right hand fakes because with Tom Brady, for example, he never messed up on a hand fake. It always looked the same. And you want to have that level of expertise and professionalism when you're playing quarterback because it's an art form. Now, Deshaun Watson had a couple where I was like, okay, you need to do a better job of that. But as far as throwing the ball is concerned, I loved every bit of what I saw. Yeah, and you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Tom, and obviously that was that's the pinnacle of the sport. Is what you were a part of um, in New England. That's what we're trying to build towards here. Um, I, I said yesterday, coming out of the performance that he had, which you know the nine to ten in the in the red zone and nine touchdowns, and I thought that was necessary. I, I thought first day of camp, I thought it was important for him to show his teammates, his coaches, everybody. Yeah, this is who I am. It's one practice yes, right. and. In June, I get it. Like, I know I, I always have to qualify everything, but, like, am I overstating or did that seem important to you as well? No, very important. Anytime you step on that football field, it's important. And when you consider the up and down of what took place the past, the last, rather, six weeks of the season, which, again, I gave him a pass, a mulligan, however you want to call it, for because he came into the season so late. But, yes, that matters because of the issue of guys are going to, one, follow success and want to be around success if you're suspect out there and if you're not doing the things necessary for quarterback play you're going to lose guys and especially if you're a guy who's making a lot of money on top of that all those things factor into a guy's mentality of who they're going to follow and who they're going to believe in so when he stands up and commands that huddle guys are paying attention because they respect the fact that hey he's out here making plays 
And when you have nine of ten passes that go for TDs, guys are going to go home talking about that. And guys are going to have confidence because at the end of the day, the players know better than you and I know. And it's about yes, quarterback yeah. plays ultimately going to get you there. And guys respect that, understand that, and know that. Gerard, I was saying today, you know, you, you bit the nail on the head. The players know. We've asked mm-hmm. MJ Emerson in here in, in the undisclosed location. He smiled ear to ear when we asked about oh, his offense. Yeah. I talked to Elijah. He's smiling. Marquise Goodwin said, I'm cheesing right now. Kunashik, I said, you know, you have to go against these guys, but, you know, what do you see? He said, well, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm smiling. Look, there's a lot of belief amongst the players, I think. How important is that? to kind of galvanizing it and maybe making sure that everybody does the few things. Because I would have to imagine when you don't have belief in your quarterback, you might say to yourself, well, I'm not going to do this extra thing here because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like We're not going to get there. But when you have that guy and then he's leading by example and he's also commanding and commanding the room and, and they have the belief, how important is that actually in a locker room to getting everybody to buy in and do the things they need to do and live the lifestyle they need to live for this team to actually be – a team of consequence like we want. Well, extremely important. And I love that word galvanize, especially if I just put in a deck so I know all about galvanized nails and what that represents. <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, my man, you're, you're absolutely right, Nathan. It is all about what's between your ears because every team, for the most part, has talent and is not a talent deficit. We've had situations around here well, we had a talent deficit, and we knew we were coming up short, but we went out there anyway. But when you got the talent, which we have, the next step is belief. The next step is paying the price, doing the things necessary so that the talent manifests itself because there are no excuses. Because guys look for excuses like, oh, well, you know what? We, don't, we won't win this, uh, so how about I just relax and not go as hard and preserve myself because the body wants to do that. But when you have a situation where you know you got back – there under center the truth and someone who can get it done and then put that on display on a regular basis, you have to step up because you don't want to be. We can't forget these guys are professionals. So it's fair to yep. say they're competitive. And you never want to be the weak link. Never desire to be that guy where it's your fault, you're coming up short while a team is not having success. Those days, fortunately, I believe, are gone for us where guys could be like, hey, well, you know what, it's just us, the Browns, this is what we do. No, Deshaun playing the way he's playing, yes, I get it. A mini camp, a OTA. It matters, though, still, because guys are seeing that, hey, if I do my part, I can actually play a part in getting this team to somewhere it's never been before. Playoffs and then who knows what else could happen from that. And just imagine what that would be like, because they've experienced what it's like being subpar to halfway decent what it's like. So you can only imagine what it would be like winning at the highest level. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the the thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, when you're in New England, the, the margin between, you know, you guys and Indy at that time and Pittsburgh was on the come, it's razor thin, right? And it's just usually the little things that make up the differences in wins and losses and allow you to go achieve that ultimate goal. The same yeah. is true now in the AFC, although the, I think the field's even deeper in terms of the amount of mm-hmm. great teams in the AFC. There might be seven or eight teams that wake up in the morning and say we can go into Super Bowl. Yep. As you're at these practices, are you seeing the little things done to the level that you know it needs to be done to reach the goal that is stated, which is to bring home the Lombardi? Yeah, I said it earlier, one thing that I did point out again, when I was on the sideline with Nathan, is that the fakes, and I know this may sound minuscule, trivial, and everything else, those have to be on point. A guy can't run past you, then you hand off the ball, he can't be two yards in front of you before you go through your faking motion. 
those things have to be cleaned up. Even in seven on seven, and you say, "Well, it's a big deal. It's on air." If you're doing it on air, you're going to do it in a regular game as well. So those type of things need to be cleaned up. And ultimately, you want to practice where you have no mistakes. You want to practice where you feel like, from a mental standpoint, everything was on point, and coaches aren't cursing and yelling, telling you to line up. From a line assignment standpoint, those things certainly do matter. And we're taking steps towards that, and it's a start. But really, Bo, when we get to the pads being on and you have like that seven to eight practice and the mistakes yeah. aren't being made and guys are going in the right direction, not getting cursed out and hustling to the football when they're dog tired, being out in this hot summer sun, that's when we can really take that next step and say, yeah, we're on the cusp of doing things the right way because ultimately people don't believe this. They think it's all about game day. But the foundation is laid in practice in that training camp. That's where yep. you establish what you're going to be. Now, granted, a team's not a football team until week six or seven, but yeah. the foundation certainly is laid in the summer. Gerard, what does what does a defensive line really get to do at this time of year? You know, we were wondering, they're out there and in the 11-on-11s, and when you saw it was kind of 50%. They were going through their stunts and some of the twists and you know, some of the blitz packages, but I imagine it's got to be hard to just only being doing individual drills for this whole thing while you watch what's basically a skill position on offense and then a linebackers and DBs like camp. That's really all this is in some sense in terms of what it's become. So what can, what can, you know, one of the things we're all excited to see is to get that defensive line, but we're not going to get to see that for quite some time. So what are these, what are they doing at this time? It's just simple alignment assignment. It really is that basic. Gap integrity, what that entails, what that means, get in coordination with the linebackers and the cornerbacks for your run fit. It's a song by Prince called Joy and Repetition. you got to find joy in the repetition because ultimately you want to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And then once that's over with, you do it over again. You take it home and do it over again to the point and place to where you know where you're supposed to be and it's just muscle memory along with just cognitively knowing that, hey, this is where I'm supposed to be in this situation. And you go through all the scenarios. And that's really what this time represents, the opportunity from an educational standpoint to be on the same page with your defense and understanding what you're supposed to do from a alignment assignment standpoint. Because we have lost football games in the regular season due to alignment and assignment. So if people yep. want to make it be as important as it is, that's ridiculousness. If you can't align, if you can't line up correctly, how the hell are you going to play defense correctly? Well, you're not. You're not. You're not is the short answer of that. Yep. Um, you you got to look at uh, you know a lot of these new acquisitions. You saw Elijah Moore, uh, we, Tillman, obviously a good one. You've seen those guys go through. You're not getting to see much out of Zadarius Smith, but we know who he is. In terms of just the look of this football team, um, and acknowledging that long way in all of that, did you like the look of the new additions that you saw today, Gerard? I do. You know what I see? I see a physically imposing football team from the trenches and then I see speed I see different elements from the receiver room to where different guys get the job done and then from a secondary I see different skill sets to where guys can match up and do different things as well and then a running back room you got Nick Chubb you can just stop right there if you want to but I just see again a team that has multi-faceted individuals that can do things that look physically impressive from doing it in the first place because I can tell you there were years here with all due respect where you look at the football team and like, ah, we're not going to beat anybody getting off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> but you yes. can't say that this year, that's for sure. they got imposing figures on this football team. But obviously you can be imposing, but you got to go out there and put the work in. 
You're exactly right about that. And, you know, it's interesting. You made a comment earlier that you said, you know, this, you aren't out of team until, you know, week six or seven. Well, we have three division games in the first four. Yeah. So we're going to have to be a team by then, right, Gerard? I mean, how do you – got to go. You, we've got to go. And I think that you – and know, what I was saying earlier is this team's good. Like, it's just – it is. This is a very good roster. It is talented at the very – at the most important positions. They've got to go do it. And, and to your point earlier, you know, we're going to have to come together as a team very quickly because we got the Bengals, the Steelers, then the Titans, then the Ravens right out of the gate. Right. And I love that, actually, because I like the idea of trial by fire because a lot of times dudes will be like, okay, I got a 17-week campaign here. I'm going to pace myself. When you have three divisional opponents in the first four games of the season, you cannot have that mindset at all. Now, also, pretty that is the fact that you have a bye week five, so your mentality should be, I'm all out. It should always be that way, but I'm going to just be real with you. Guys don't always think that way. So, okay, I'm going to rest here and not play as hard there and that type of crap, and that gets you beat. But in this case, no, you better be ready out of training camp, good to go because of what that's like, because you cannot afford to be – that far down in the division, that's very competitive for what we have in the AFC. So that's going to put us on the idea of, hey, we got to hit the ground not running but sprinting full speed and let's get after these people and sustain it because that's going to be the next question. We've done this. Now how do we sustain it? But then when you start thinking about sustaining something, then you might let creep into your head. Well, you know, I'm going to sustain it by not applying myself as much here. No, you sustain it by keeping your butt at home, watching your film, and concentrating solely on football. That's how you sustain it. But easier said you know, than done. Yeah, you're right. And, and look, obviously we're all looking towards the Greenbrier, right? And July 22nd is kind of the start of this season. But I interviewed Marquise Goodwin, and we'll hear it later on today in the show. And what he said to me that I thought was so cool, is, and, and it, it wasn't lost on me what he is saying, is that the next six or seven weeks we have a lot of work to do. And – if you think about the timing of what he's talking about, that's the weeks that they're gone and on yep. their own. Right. And so mm-hmm. he's a veteran. He gets it. He's been in the league a long time. That's gonna. I think these six or seven weeks are going to be very important for this team. And if they are truly bought in and if they are following you know, Deshaun Watson's lead and, and all of that, and I know that I talked with him and I think the guys are planning on getting together in that time, mm-hmm. that – they have a chance to really hit the ground running at the Greenbrier for what's going to be a long season. It's starting a little earlier for us, but I think every day is important. And when you hear something like that from a veteran, hopefully that other guys listen to that. Right, Gerard? Oh, exactly. Veteran gets at this point. Goodwin's been in the league long enough to where he figured that out probably three or four years ago. It's that first yep. year, second year, third year, fourth year player that needs to get the memo and understand that we're not playing around here. And if you really want to make this squad and if you really want to make a difference for this football team and your place has never been before, do not see these four to six weeks as, you know what, it's time to kick it. It's time to go to the club. It's time to do that. Yeah, you could do those things, and I'll be up here lying to you. So I said I didn't do them when I was playing, but that cannot be your priority. Your priority has to be getting your rest. Your priority has to be getting making sure you pass that conditioning test. And your priority has to be getting your mind right for a – campaign in which for the next seven months or beyond you are willing to do everything necessary to put that grind in to get to that place where it's going to require you to win football games and it's going to be extremely challenging and tough to do because you're in the afc north and you're in the afc you said it buddy yeah great chat as always thanks for your time gerard i appreciate it guys great talking to you 
Yes, good right, stuff. That's our good buddy Gerard Cherry, Browns radio analyst, uh, joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Cleveland Browns Daily is brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio. Podium next, Gibbe, I believe. We'll do a little podium sesh. QB1. Ah, four. All right, you have that good. to look forward to. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. Now let's head to the podium and Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm I'm pretty far ahead of where I was last year. Last year it was, you know, as far as football been on the field, just learning a new system. Uh, trying to adapt to, you know, different teammates, different players, how guys run routes, you know, how Kevin calls the plays, and just being able to, you know, process the game um, at the speed I know. And um, being a, a year in and being able to talk to Kevin and AVP about what we want to do and being confident about it, uh, it allows me to play a little bit faster when I'm on the field. We just talked to David Njoku, and he said, like, every, it seems like every football you throw is just right spot on the money. Just how much fun are you having out there, and how good do you feel? Uh, I feel really good. You know, like, like I said before, the biggest thing is just the confidence level, just knowing who I am, trusting what I do, trusting the work that I put in, um, you know, these past couple years uh, to get back to this, this position that I'm in and have the opportunities to go out there and, and try to, you know, win some games and, and do it with the guys that we have on the field. So um, I'm enjoying myself. I'm, I'm having fun, and uh, just keep stacking the days. You also mentioned the confidence when you talked about the drop outing. Is that something that you always knew would come back to? Oh, oh, most definitely, because, uh, you know, that's just for anybody. You know, if you stop doing something for so long, you just naturally lose that confidence because you haven't been playing at that level. So you forget you, your body and your muscle memory, forget how fast and how to, you know, do things, but it never loses it. So whenever I got back on the field last year, you know, I was building that confidence up, took a break, came back, tried to build it back up. But having this off season and, and being full throttle, uh, definitely have, have caught back up with me. So, um, you know, just like I said before, just keep stacking the days. It looked yesterday like yesterday you were the talk of the day because you were firing the balls and tapping in on target. But it looked to me like the receivers were outstanding yesterday. Do you agree with that? Of course. Yeah, I mean, those everyone in that, lo- in that locker room, um, especially the receivers, the skilled guys, the tight ends, even the running backs have been locked in. And, uh, you know, it starts with me. It starts with the quarterback room with me, Josh, Kellen, and DT. You know, we got to come up here and lead the guys in the huddle, uh, have that confidence, that energy. And as we do that, then the receiver's going to do that. And they know that everyone can get the ball. It don't matter who's in the game, Amari, Elijah, Mike Harley, anybody. If Seg, Till, if he's out there, he can. he's able to get the ball. You got to be full speed, got to know what to do, and uh, be ready to catch the ball when we come. So, you know, it all starts with the quarterback position, and then it trickles down throughout the team. Hey, Sean, Sean, gave, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. You gave uh, AVP goosebumps last week with one of the throws. Have you had a couple of those moments yourself where you're like, okay, that's me? Uh, I guess you could say that. You know, just really just, you know, I try not to – you know, get too high, not not too low. I just try to stay balanced. Um, you know, of course, I have you know some excitements 
uh, with, with a couple throws and, and all that. But at the same time, I'm just training myself regardless of how good that throw was or how bad it was. I always stay balanced because that's, that's what you're going to have to do in the game. It's always the next play. So just getting back to the basis of my mentality of what I was before, and that's what I just continue to, to, continue to do. Do you have any idea if the Browns are pursuing him? And uh, obviously, you still want him, but can you update us on that a little bit? Uh, really, I have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's more of a AB or Kevin question, but for me, I, I have no idea where that stands. Um, but, you know, like I said last week, of course, we would love to have him, and we'll see how things go. You were, how receptive you to your recruitment pitch was he? Uh, Hop is, you know, me and him has always had that relationship. So, you know, me and him is, is locked in. That's my brother. I talked to him yesterday because it was his birthday. But nothing about football, just about life and just how he can adjust, you know, enjoy his day and, you know, more blessings to him. Hey, Sean, you I asked you at the golf outing uh, if you had shaken off the rust. After these two days, are you more prepared to answer that question? Uh, I am not. Uh, we'll figure out week one and – and uh, Cleveland's Brown Stadium against Cincinnati. You know, that's when I can really, you know, after that game, we can see where, where things are going. But right now it's still October, or not October, still OTAs or minicamp, um, and it's still the offseason. So we have a long way to go before I can answer that. You went through the Greenbrier, Greenbrier twice with Houston. Other than that's a neat place, what's the benefit of going there? Why did you uh, speak up for it? Uh, well, I didn't even know that we were going there until I met with Kevin when we came back. But whenever we did, I just knew that, you know, the biggest thing what we did in Houston was it just built that chemistry. And guys got to spend time with each other. But we already doing that here. And we just take it to Greenbrier where it was kind of offsetting. And we spend a little bit more time together, doing activities together, um, going golfing, bowling. Uh, they have a different activities there. So it would be good for to kind of get away from, you know, uh, Cleveland a little bit and just kind of build that chemistry before we start the season off. Sean, I know we've gotten to see Marquise's vertical speed. Like when you have a guy like that who can run routes like that, how does it open up your offense as a whole for you in the past game? Um, it can be scary. Um, I mean, because the, the secondary and the defense have to watch out for him. So you have to make sure you get your depth if you're playing defense and keep your eyes on whatever you got, whatever that defense is, is trying to do. So it kind of opens up other guys underneath because if that guy runs by and if we can hit those deep shots, um, that can open up the run game and also the intermediate and short game in the passing game. Just to go back to Tom's question about like you feeling more comfortable or whatever, I mean, at that one throw to him in OTAs, that long throw, you did your bow and arrow celebration. Mm -hmm. I know people were pointing that out on social media. Something like that, just like a sign of your, your getting back into it, feeling more comfortable with what you're doing out there? Oh, definitely. I'm getting comfortable with, with the position I'm in, getting comfortable being here in Cleveland and in this organization. And just, you know, my personality over time is going to continue to show and people are going to get to know me like I mentioned last year. But, you know, all that time is, is, is patience. And, um, you know, over the days as we continue to work and stack and keep improving, you know, more and more of that stuff will come out. Deshaun, going off of that, you're talking about comfortability. What area specifically on the field are you feeling like you're gaining more confidence? Uh, just the mental game, the mental aspect. And I think last year was just a little bit slow because I was trying to catch up with all the guys whenever I came back, uh, week 13 or 12, whatever it was. And uh, just really just trying to pick up the speed of the game and just how were my eyes and placement, those little things that people don't see and don't realize that kind of go into the reps in the mental game. Uh, especially playing a quarterback position. So all that is picking up, and uh, just got to continue to work at it. Can you estimate how, how much percentage of the offensive playbook are new plays that they didn't run last year? 
What was the first part, Simon? Estimate how much of the playbook is absolutely new to this year. Everything's new. Really? Everything's new. Deshaun, how much do you appreciate maybe the versatility, the diversity within the receiving group that the Browns have put together this year during this offseason? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, A.B. and Kevin, A.V.P., those guys have done a great job of, of getting all the guys that's in that quarterback, uh, the receiver room. And they, you know, been able to do everything, playing different positions, playing outside, inside. Everyone can do everything. So you never know going into a game plan or a situation what personnel we have in and uh, what we can do out that out that personnel grouping. So it's awesome. Can you elaborate on that a little bit when you said that everything is new? I mean, is it uh, the same playbook with a completely different spin on it? Is it different terminology? How is everything new? Um, I would just say just the foundation and the structure of the offense is the same, but as we build and continue to get ready for the season, everything else is new. So, <laughs> how different do you think it'll look stylistically and schematically when you get to the Um, I'm not sure because Kevin is always involving him and AVP. Uh, they're always working out and, and watching tape and trying to do different things and how we can scheme different teams and different, you know, defensive schemes. So. Uh, it's kind of hard to really explain that, but, you know, all this stuff gets out on social media, so I can't speak too much on all that. <laughs> does it feel new to you, though? What, does it, when you say everything's new, but does it feel new to you? Uh, it's in between because, uh, you know, I'm still learning. You know, last year I missed half the year, so, you know, some things that I'm still picking up, some things that I already kind of knew from, you know, previously what I've, you know, learned when I was in uh, Coach O'Brien's in Houston offense. You know, the, the NFL is kind of similar in a whole, but at the same time, every office coordinator and team do their kind of different schemes in the way they kind of approach it. Is there a lot of Bill O'Brien stuff in here? Uh, no, this is all Kevin's. Kevin and AVP. Uh, some, some probably have, but like I said, this this lead is a pretty much copycat lead in a sense. You know, kind of you kind of learn from the different trees, but kind of same kind of ground. But uh, you know, everything is all Kevin AVP. How much of those conversations are you saying, like, hey, I have run this in the past. I really like this set. I really like things like that. Are those conversations still going on? Yeah, we have those conversations every day. Every time we get in the meeting room, you know, they're asking questions. I'm asking questions. You know, I'm giving, you know, suggestions or making statements. They're doing the same thing. So it's an open it's an open room uh, once we get in that room. And that's how, you know, we're going to continue to grow and be able to have success because no one's in that room. AVP or Kevin, who's calling the plays, AVP, who's, you know, dealing up the, the scripts uh, and all that. No one is stubborn. No one is, is, you know, insecure with this is the way we need to do it. Everyone's open to, all right, whatever works, it's going to work for us. And if we like it, then we're going to run it. How excited are you about it, knowing that it's all really now tailored all to you and it should showcase your strength? I'm very excited. You know, I just... A lot more responsibility for myself, but uh, I like the weight on my shoulders, and, and for me to be able to go out there and, you know, show what I what I got and, and help me lead this team to a lot of victories. That's the that's where I want to get to. So we have a lot of work to put in this this next break, um, and once we come back and on the 19th, we got to be ready, locked and loaded, and show what we got. Deshaun, last one here. There's obviously still two civil suits outstanding during this time between now and camp. Is there anything you need to do as far as those? 
if those are concerned, have you been deposed? Will you be deposed? Do you, do you have any update on that? Uh, no update. That's uh, all my legal team and, and my counsel team uh, with the NFL. Um, all I need to do is just focus on my job, and that's just, just being, being locked in on who Deshaun Watson is and getting ready for a report date on July 19th. I have no idea. That's a you know rusty hard and question, so I'm I'm not even sure. Is it bothersome that that hasn't all been resolved by now? Uh, all I can do is control what I can control and uh, just focus on what I can, and, and that's football right now. Last one. Uh, I definitely want to be a little bit more uh, active on social media, especially TikTok. Um, so we definitely going to work into it whenever we can. Uh, of course, football is the main focus, but as time goes on, another way of uh, showing my personality and who I am for the fans, and I think the fans like that. So I'm going to continue to do that. Deshaun Lucky, he doesn't play in Montana. TikTok outlawed in the state of Montana. Really? That's right. Can't have it. No. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. I don't know what my kids would do if they outlawed TikTok or Snapchat. <laughs> I feel like productivity might go up a little bit in the world. <laughs> no, they're out. Yeah, they're done. They're done. That's the way what? that goes. How 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 can you outlaw how can you outlaw it? I have I, I have questions. How do you I don't know. The governor just signed that. it in last week. Because you'd have a geofencing that you can download it in probably in that area. In the state, I yeah. suppose. Do you if I I don't have it, but if I did and I brought it into the state, will I be tried and persecuted and Montana is one of the states where you can still be hung. <laughs> well, I hope not. So careful. It, it's still legal. Sure really? Keep, keep your dad yeah. off of it. When was the last person to be hung? That's uh, a good question. It's a very good question. I don't All have right. a ready answer for Doing that. Doing the Google machine. I'm guessing I wouldn't know the name and neither would you. No, no, but, no, no. Yeah, I think it's probably been a while. But I remember as a kid always being kind of worried, like, oh, they, it could still go that way if you wanted to out way. there. Which feels like would be long. And 1943. Okay, that's more recent than I would have thought. Missoula, Montana. There you go. For what crime? <sighs> the last man hung in Montana. Um, it's got to be murder. Multiple murder. Yeah, there you go. Got to be. It's got to be the way that that tracks. <laughs> Imagine. Boy, this thing's gone sideways. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's how all that goes. Uh, who do we got? We got a, we've got a player coming up. We got, we're going to be joined. Uh, Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin, who's been a, an absolute star, and he's a joy, man. Uh, you guys are going to you're going to fall in love with this guy. We'll get into that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns to help your favorite four-leg companion. Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And now, one of the stars of the offseason and certainly of this minicamp has been Marquise Goodwin. Here is Z with Marquise. Marquise, first of all, great to meet you. Welcome to the Browns. And uh, I know there are a lot of people excited to see you out here, and I know you're excited to be here. Nice to meet you as well. I'm glad to be here. How much fun are you having out there? Man, probably too much fun, honestly. I get to play football another year. It's super blessing to be here. Well, you can play football because, quite frankly, you know how to, you're a professional receiver. I, I, 
been with this team for 11 years, you see them when you know a guy, you know how to get open, you know how to create separation, you know how to track the ball, you catch the football. It's one thing to be able to run, right? But you got to be able to catch it. You certainly have shown the ability to do that. How much fun you kind of having coming into this room where there are some varied skill sets in there, but what was kind of missing was this. Somebody who can just not only take the top off the defense, as they say, create space for everybody else. And it feels like this was a very good fit. Are you feeling that way already? Man, I feel like this is divine. Sent right from God, man. I wouldn't rather be nowhere else right now. So how's it kind of been? You know, you sign and you're like, oh, I'm going to go play with Deshaun Watson. That feels like that's got to be an exciting thing. Well, now you've gotten to be out on the field with him. And you guys connected last week a couple of deep ones. You've had red zone touchdowns today. I, I think you got in there at the back end line there. Kind of it feels like you guys have been playing together for a while is the way it kind of looks outside. Is that kind of how it feels to you? Man, when, yes, it definitely does. When you play with somebody as skilled as him, um, it makes my job a lot easier. And uh, his communication is second to none, man. After each play, we, we have like, you know, maybe 30 seconds between each play, and we'll take 10 seconds just to iron some things out. That's what I really love about him. And it feels like you guys are getting on the same page vertically. It feels like it is impossible to overthrow you. He tried, and you still got there anyway last week. Uh, when you think about your role on this team, how do you kind of see it evolving? Man, uh, honestly, I, it's not up to me and what I see evolving. Sure. I just come to work every day and I listen to my coaches, take coaching, and uh, just make sure that I'm healthy enough and available for the team. What's your relationship? What's it been like with Chad O'Shea? Oh, man, Chad is the man, man. I love CO. He's a great coach, obviously, experienced. He got rings, and I'm trying to get my fingers looking like his. Absolutely. we would. I think everybody in Cleveland would be very happy if, if that ends up being the case. When you're a vertical receiver like yourself, and obviously you've made plenty of catches in the short area as well and can run after the catch, but sometimes you get it. Sometimes you're creating space. And so sometimes it's almost there should be a stat, like a clear out assist, right, for a wide receiver when those 30-yard deep overs come in underneath you and all of a sudden there's all that space for them. Do you take pride in that as well as when the ball actually does come to you and you get to make those 40, 50-yard catches yourself? I take pride in any time I'm on the field, man, whether I get the ball or not. Um, one of us catch the ball, we score. I feel like I score too, especially if I'm in the play and I, I kind of helped it develop. So, um, you know. Yeah, that's it. You were in a very talented room last year in Seattle. Yourself, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, obviously, it speaks for itself. This feels like this has a chance to be a pretty talented room as well. Kind of as somebody who's seen that and saw a very effective passing offense in Seattle last year, Geno Smith, what have you seen from the guys around you and just what this team can be? I've seen a lot of guys that's willing to work um, selfless, and that's something that we're going to need this year because we do have a lot of talent in our room, on our team, and it's only one ball on the field. So we just have to learn to work together, and we, ha we have been. And uh, I'm excited to work with Amari. I'm excited to work with the other guys and um, see where we can take this thing, honestly. Yeah, it feels, and there are a lot of different groupings we can use here, and we've already seen sometimes where you're out there with Donovan and Amari, and then, oh, Elijah, he's here in the backfield, and how our defense is going to match up with that and the stress that that causes. That's fun. I see you smiling already. We're on the radio, so you can't see it, but he's smiling. That's got to be a fun part for you to know that we've got a lot of chess pieces, and we already have you know an offensive play caller and designer who's willing to utilize them. Exactly. Like you said, I am cheesing because, I mean, this offense has no ceiling. You know, you can put anybody anywhere, and that's what makes it great. So as long as we, you know, mesh together well, stay grinding over these next six to seven weeks, man, and just, you know, really hone in on our offense and, and our team, man, we can really take this thing. I agree. One of the things I like about watching you play, other than obviously the big plays and you're watching you run and the way you catch the ball, I love that with your hands. 
is I like listening to you. <laughs> There's not a lot of people who talk in your room. Yeah. It's a very quiet room. You are not as quiet, and I enjoy that. And obviously, does that get you going? <laughs> yeah, man. I got to find an edge, you know what I'm saying? 5'9", 185 pounds, man. I got to intimidate people somehow, not just with my speed. So, you know, when I start talking, I kind of get people out of their game. And it kind of gives me an edge, so I look forward to that. So my favorite thing that I've observed from you so far is that <laughs> the practice last week, you caught the two long touchdowns, and then we were over here, and it was the opportunity period. And I saw you kind of coach Jalen Darden up on a release, and he gave a good release to the corner, and then all of a sudden you were like, get this guy out of here. He's toast. You're talking trash to the corner. And then somebody, I'm pretty sure it was AWOC, somebody on the side was like, give me 19. And you heard that, you're like, give me 19? You want 19? I'll come right now. You were ready to go right there. You're like, I'll give it all to you. And then they're like, we're just kidding, man. We're just kidding. I love that. I love that. And obviously you were having fun with it too, but that you need that in this league, right? Man, you need that, man. I'm Look, I'm a survivor <laughs> at the end of the day. And I'm a competitor, extreme competitor. So yeah. if you say you want me, you're going to get me times 19. Yeah, it's like the, the macho man Randy Savage back in the day. So you want the macho man? Get the whole macho man experience. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're trying to give him. And then yesterday, Juan Thornhill, Juan Thornhill said, I'm going to run with you. You're like, okay, all right, let's see it. He yeah. Said, hey, he got two rings, though, so you that's know, right. he know how to win. So uh, You right need now. that competition, though, right? Because you could you are seeing the same guys over and over again. And at some point, maybe you do get a little chippy, but you're all trying to make each other better. But you sure, need that, like, sure. nobody else, once you get to Sundays, nobody's here to do any favors. Come on, and on Sundays, we're going to team up and we're going to yeah. pop our to everybody else. Excuse my language. Uh, listen, see, you're getting fired up. I like it right now. Are you I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to get excited. You see my voice changing? Come on. Come on, man, I'm ready. I know you are. It is great to have you here. Excited to see what you do this year. And certainly for me, again, great to meet you for the first time. And welcome to the Browns. It's a blessing. Thank you. It's such, we, every time we talk to one of these guys or anytime we hear them, like same thing with Sidarius, like these new guys we brought in, like they're just big, bold personalities, really likable dudes. Very likable. You know, like there's no standoffishness. Like they're None. just warm and happy. And Yes. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. And I also think the other – um, and I, I'm because nothing that they do here isn't for all of the pieces mattering. I think personality was factored into a lot of this, like in terms of outward leadership energy. I think you're right. You know what's so funny is I think when talented people shift teams quite a bit, there's a perception that it must be something with their personality. Because like it felt like we got to Darius Smith, and all of a sudden there were, well, he's not a great guy and bad luck. Yeah, he seems awesome. Seems great. And the yeah. players already like him a lot. Yeah. You can tell that. Um, Let's just do the Clowney thing for a second. Two years ago, Clowney was great. I'm not. He was phenomenal. Two phenomenal. years ago. Uh, last year, it wasn't the much. same way. But the one thing about like Jadevian was not really interested in anything of much from a media standpoint or an interview stand, a personality standpoint. Like he was show up for work, do the job, leave. Like that was the operation. And anytime we did hear from him, it, it wasn't. He wasn't naturally it, out there. It. I was able. I think I was able to have a couple good ones with him because I interviewed him right when we signed him. And then there were a few times where I was able to. I think there were times when he honestly would say, "Like I'm not talking to anybody unless he was talking to me." That's exactly what happened. And so he was with me. He was actually all right. The rest of it, yeah. no interest. Yeah. Not at all. Not at yeah. all. But he was about his business and he's about his yeah. finances. Yeah. And yeah. I certainly liked him. I think the way that it ended is unfortunate because it allows people to perpetuate. The way that it went down, and in some ways, well, it, it to his own fault. we just didn't know him. I mean, you did maybe, but, like, we didn't really know him here on the show much. We didn't no. hear him much, do much of anything. 
So you got to know him a little bit because of your where, sure. the places you were. But other than that, there was very little knowing of him. And he was – here's the thing about the NFL. Everybody gets along. Everybody's a good guy when you're winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as soon as you're not, everybody's not a good guy. People aren't getting along. Yeah. Everybody's pointing fingers. Yeah. And it's just – that's just – and unfortunately yeah. for us – we have had more seasons where that would be the case in terms of not winning than winning. But everybody in the NFL has a belief in themselves. Everybody's got an ego to a certain degree. Yeah. Everybody believes that they're going to be the best. And and some people understand that, you know, what that ceiling is on where they and that they are a role player and so they want to be the best role player. There's a, yeah. an interview we're gonna have with Jordan Kanashik uh, at some point that when I got a chance to talk to him. I love that kid. I do. I love that kid. I'm invested in his success. I want him to be successful because he cares. He does it the right way. But what you're expecting out of Jordan Kunashik and what you're expecting out of Miles Garrett or Jadevian Clowney are very different. Yeah, yeah, right. Very different things. And then the the fact that, you know, when you're a Jadevian Clowney or you're a Zadarius Smith, for example, you have guys who are going to be in the locker room that looked up to you and that heard of you as almost a mythical Correct. figure. Yeah. And it happened with Odell, mm-hmm. right? So that's also, that takes on even more importance. You know, I was talking with Alex Wright. Zadari Smith is from like an hour away from Alex Wright in Alabama. So they had never met, but he had always, like Zadari Smith was the guy that when you thought, he thought of the stud from Alabama, it was always Zadari Smith. So he followed his career all around from the Ravens to the Packers to the Vikings. Then he's like, now I'm like in a locker room with Zadari Smith and how cool that was to him. Sure. Uh, being, again, that Alabama connection. So that stuff is all real, and I think locker room dynamics are are more guided by team success than necessarily causations of team success. I think there's I love that. some of I it. I think you nailed it. But I think that is much a much bigger factor than people want to admit. Winning helps. Winning cures <laughs> everything. The best example, as you're, as you're going through that, I was – the 21 right before training camp baker hoop obj jarvis go to big sky together together yep by october is it october yeah he was he wouldn't play with him by october his dad's putting out a video showing all of the misses and was done wouldn't answer his phone calls that's three months Two months. Evaporated. You win. Jarvis still to this day is talking about how his time was there because somebody was saying how his stats fell off and he was like, that was my fault. Right. You know, and and that's because if you're winning, you don't necessarily care as much about your stats. Everybody's happy and everybody's Mm -hmm. getting along. 2020, you didn't hear anything. 2020 was kumbaya. Oh, yeah, for sure. And 18 was and 19 wasn't. And it's so that's the, I think probably one of the, one of the really remarkable things, and it, it speaks to Deshaun and it speaks to uh, Jacoby, is that we didn't really have, in a season that was tough, that had a cloud over it, we didn't really have that infighty stuff the way that we had in some other years. A little, but not – it wasn't – Not much. I, I never felt like cl- it was – The clowny situation, but that was really yeah. at the end of the year. And he gave it the his very all end. when he was out there and yeah. played through yeah. some injuries. 
you know, you had some things with the secondary in terms yeah. of blame here and there, but that's because they weren't getting it done. You know, they weren't right, having right. coverage busts. Right. Um, but no, I think I, it wasn't definitely not as down as it had been in prior years. And I think yeah. your point is valid that there was a ton of respect for certainly Jacoby Brissett and then a ton of respect and belief in, in Deshaun. And you're seeing that belief manifest itself now. You know, it, this is a tough, tough league. Yeah, it is. There are a lot of incredibly talented people in it. There are incredible athletes. There are people who, in any other walk of life, would be turn your head anywhere you go because yeah. of just their physiques and all of that. And, you know, I was talking with Tyvis, and he was saying the National Football League is so much about what's above your shoulders that if you're not willing to dedicate so that you have the complete mastery of that, you're not going to last for long. And he told me a story about standing on the sidelines. He was with the Seahawks, and he wanted to look at HaHa Clinton Dix because he felt like physically he was very similar to HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah. And it's like, this guy's thriving. You know, why can't I be HaHa Clinton Dix? I think he was a first-round pick. He was, I believe, ha-ha yeah. Clinton Dix. Yep. And he said he was on the sideline, and he asked Richard Sherman, you know, like, how come, like, I could do it. Why can't I do this? And he goes, because he's smarter than you. Yeah. Tavis is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And he said, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, about it. And it's, he said, it's not just when he say smarter, it's not your intellectual capabilities. It's more the knowledge you've accumulated, yeah. the time that you put into expanding that knowledge through film, through tape mm-hmm. study, through, you know, just drills, a set, watching your opponents, everything, all of yeah. it. It's that football knowledge, and the guys who are great are the ones who have that special athletic ability and then dedicate them. We talked about Joe Thomas all the time. Think about the knowledge in that segment, the amount of knowledge and intelligence that was displayed by the Hoff in 20 seconds from breaking the huddle to going to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And that was just for one play. It's one play. So yeah. that I think that's where it's at, and I think you know Marquise Goodwin said – as we heard in that interview, it's about the next six to seven weeks, and I think we've got a lot of guys who, you know, it's going to come down to the margins in this conference and in this division. It's going to be, do we get that one or two plays? Do we get those couple yeah. of inches, to quote Al Pacino, in any given Sunday? It is that. That define yeah. the game and then thus define our season. And if we are fully in, this team is talented enough to win at the highest levels that this game has to offer. Which for the Cleveland Browns is an uncomfortable thing to say right now because it's scary because we've been told we've been good. We've covered Sports Illustrated. Browns are back, and then it's never worked out. This team is good. I'm not saying it from hyperbole or trying to hype. I don't need to. The roster speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. They are going to have to do it, and I think a part of it will be do you get that full buy-in are the coaches able to reach and motivate to help get that? And I do think specifically defense and special teams, you're seeing a different level of motivation and buy-in from what you're getting from Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone. Because I think there is something, especially in a special teams coordinator, and we love Preef. Oh, and gosh, I love Joe yeah. Woods. Love Preef. The best, yeah. Bubba Ventrone can look at a Jordan Kunashik or look at a late-round draft pick or look at an undrafted free agent and say – I did this, and this is how I did it. Mm-hmm. This is what it required, and you can do that too. And yep. there's something to it. And Jordan was saying he'll show film of himself 
in special teams meetings yeah. doing the technique the right way and say this is what it's supposed to look like. And sometimes he does the technique the right way and doesn't make the play or he did the wrong technique. He shows tapes of him not succeeding as well and saying, well, you guys need learn from this. Yeah. Learn from this. So I do think that there is a motivation buy-in. And then offensively, there's always been buy-in because these guys know that Kevin Stefanski – Alex Van Pelt, Bill Callahan, Stump Mitchell, yeah. Chad O'Shea, T.C. McCartney, that whole crew, they buy in because they know they're put in positions to be, succeed yeah. and thus have stats, team success, money. It all follows. When they know it's yeah. just we just got to do this, they buy in. Yeah. And I think defensively at times last year there were questions about are we – is what we're being asked to do too complex and stressing our communication too much? And we would some of the proof would yeah. have been, yeah, perhaps it was. Uh, and then so that's being eliminated now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's all there. And I, I like Goodwin. By the way, a little breaking news. Bum, 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 bum. That's my breaking news sound. I like it. Yeah, I just made it up. Yeah, thank I like you. It. Yeah, good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Will be visiting the Tennessee Titans, the first official. Oh, Vrabel visit was with him in Houston of his free agency period. I have no idea if Houston has any money. Tennessee, I'm sorry, Tennessee. Yeah. I have no idea if Tennessee has any money for him. He would get to wear those uniforms. Remember, he. I mean, he, I think you had it right the first time when you said Houston. Yeah, <laughs> true. It is better. Would yeah, be better. Would be better. Um, yeah. He long ago he put um, on Instagram. He put a picture of him in the old Oilers uniforms. And so said, good. why can't we wear these? Great question. So the Titans. And so now he, he will be able to. Titans Do you have any money? Currently have uh, $8 million, but they're near the bottom of the league. Yeah, they don't have money. I know that they were, there was talk they were going to have to cut Henry. Like they, they were going to try to free up money. They didn't have any money. They don't have a ton of money. So they yeah. obviously, I'm sure they're, if we got into their roster and then looked at it, there are contracts that they could move around. But Seems like a weird, that would be a weird one. I don't see what he, uh, honestly, goes, what I don't even know what he does ball. for them. What I mean, they? Tannehill, maybe. Yeah, it's but still him for a while, I think. Probably one more year. You know? Or it'll be Levis. Yeah, but I don't think that's this year. It, it, what's the point if you of wanna get a, If you want to get another point payday, of, well, that's what I'm saying. Someone... What's, what's the point of what Tennessee's doing? Yeah. We said it last year. They, like they, they had the, the window. It's over. Yeah, you but their peak, their peak was being a number one seed that nobody thought could win the Super Bowl. Of course. Yeah, that was the that's as far as you can take that type of team. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's probably the best exa- that is the best example of elite run game, some game records Great on defense, defense and some elite talent offensively with AJ Brown, but you're if you can't throw it when everyone knows you're throwing it as you so eloquently say, there's Doesn't a matter. there there's is a, a hard ceiling for what you can be and they're the best example of that. Because then it just gives you a game script. That only you can follow. By the way, New York City, we've talked about this haze that's here. Yep. So from the Canadian, it's Alberta. It's the, uh, the, fires. the forest fires in northern Alberta. New York City is Looks like orange Mars. brown. Yeah. They have stopped all flights in and out because they cannot see. So you that cannot like fly deal in New York. or out of New Newark, like LaGuardia, of JFK it, are all shut down. It is literally from Minneapolis to New York City. Like, Jeez. it's that angle. Because, this is, like, this morning, it was super – I'm like – Are the fires foggy? still like, burning up there? Yeah. How did they not gotten snow? I don't know. It's up by, like, Edmonton, isn't it? Like, northern I Alberta? I think so. I don't, I don't know. Jeez. But, like, it is – half of Canada, I feel like, is on fire given what's coming through here. I saw some, some idiot neighbor near us was launching fireworks 
last weekend. I'm like, dude, it hasn't rained in two weeks. I probably wouldn't do that if I were you. I, I said uh, – I mean, what? I probably wouldn't. Like, if you – Someone in our neighborhood had a burn pile going the other night. I'm like, what Not are smart, we doing dude. here, people? Dude, the ground what is are we crispy. It's crispy, dude. Like, if you – gone. Currently trying to grow grass. It's been great. Yeah, no chance. Great. Yeah, Water bill, great. No chance. No chance. Yep. Um, hey, uh, are you – I got one. There's something that the NFL has yet to announce that I'm surprised by. Plus, we did have an unveiling today in terms of uh, a, an NFL property that we care uh, greatly about. We'll get to those things coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio. Are you guys surprised that we do not have a hard knocks announcement yet? Yes, and I'm surprised it's not the Jets, because they can be compelled, and why wouldn't it be so the Jets? So the four that can be compelled. It's a great and that's point. It should be the Jets. My hunch is the reason they were waiting was to see if Rodgers was going well, there. Well, he's there. If he wasn't, then it wouldn't be interesting. It's Bears, Jets, Saints, and Commies. Are the four? No, the NFL's not doing commies. No Saints. No, we no already chance. done Derek Carr. The Saints have been done. No, done. So the Jets are clearly the right one. Last year they announced it in March. That yeah. it was the Lions. What do you think's taking so long? I don't know. Supposedly, and I saw a thing yesterday that said that people with the Jets organization would be pleased to be the Hard Knocks team. They be- they benefited from it before. I, I think that's one say. of the most entertaining. Oh my God, Tannenbaum, Revis. Oh, my Rex God. Ryan. Rex Ryan, get a snack. Get a that snack. whole thing. That was great. And you had Revis's contract hold out in real time. In real time. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, was awesome. amazing with them. Um, it feels like it's got to be the Jets. And I don't understand why it is not yet announced, and I'd like it to be. I'd look forward to that. Yeah, same. Uh, did you see the cover of Madden? I did. Josh Allen on the cover. Yep. Worthy, worthy cover star. That's nice. It's all good. Um, why not? Like, I I know you want to put a quarterback. Yeah. Put Kelsey on. Super Bowl champs. I think Mahomes was just on the last one, wasn't he? Yeah, yes. but they won. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think it matters Madden anymore. Madden was be- on this one. Oh, yeah, Madden was. Yeah. Last one was Mahomes and Brady. And Brady. Yeah. yeah. The the thing that I don't think it matters anymore because there is no cover. It re- right. There's no physical <laughs> game. Like you're not holding Agreed, it. Agreed. But in, when you – It shows up on your On your thing. screen. Uh, I'm going to – why not Jim Brown? Probably just too late in the game. I was going to say they probably already had probably it. Just already a, had it it's, to your point, it's just a screen. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. My guess is they'll – I wonder if they'll do like a – maybe they'll do one later. I don't know that he's ever given his likeness to Max. He's never – to my recollection, he never shows up in, as a legend. I've never seen legend. him. You would know that better than me, but I've never seen yeah, him. Yeah, I can't think of him of any of having, that having that happen. Maybe that's why. Well, that, yeah, that would probably make more sense. Yeah. That, that would probably make a little bit more sense. I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm not buying that game this year, Madden. Um, I always buy it for the kids. Um, they play it for about a week, and then they're done. 
Um, you got to get them playing the ultimate team, and then they do. All year they long. do, and they want to buy the stupid cards and all of that, which is just a joke, just a total stupid money grab. But like compared to the amount of time that they play 2K, and now and then even the golf, they love the golf. Got to give it a FIFA. Oh, I'm getting there. Yeah. By the way, they, they got into FIFA in the last two weeks. Yes. So they they're playing FIFA. Tw- I loved FIFA. FIFA's great. It's so it's much game. fun. It's you love FIFA, dude. That's what we so played awesome. at Bowling Green. Like it's we so have much FIFA fun. FIFA tournament starting at like it's two the in the morning. The best. Oh, yeah. it it made I made fall, a lot of my money in college. It, it made me fall in love with the sport when totally. you know twenty years ago. It was like this was this is the most fun video game to play. I was a like Juventus the, man. In oh, I love FIFA. In FIFA. Little Juve. Back in, yeah. Little Juve. Yep. They uh, anyway they um, they discovered it on the Game Pass thing. They downloaded FIFA 23. They've been playing it. They are running their mouth at me, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you do not want this smoke. And NBC was like, oh yeah. So I'm like, fine. So he Let's picks go. Man City. I go Real Madrid. Real Madrid has the coolest damn goal song ever. This Ala Madrid song they play. So. I just last night I beat him two games, beat him five nothing, and then I beat played PSG and I beat him three nothing. Every time the Madrid songs, I just go like this. I don't say anything. I just go like this, and he just gets so pissed. It's so great. But can I, he the, take you in two K? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't. I can't do the shooting. I can't do it. I don't understand it. I don't understand the shooting. I kind of go. Back he doesn't and understand forth. the. He doesn't under. They don't. Under, they didn't. They don't play soccer, so they don't understand like the buildup of it. They want to be able to just get it with a guy and go on the outsides or whatever, like they just want to outrun you. I'm like, you've got to, you got to, you got to build it up, man. I think there were two games that set, that were like the heart of three in college. Madden, um, Goldeneye for Nintendo 64, where you could Goldeneye have four controllers. Good, yeah. Those are those, play. Madden, Goldeneye, and FIFA. That and was FIFA. It. it was not Madden, college. though, for me. It was NCAA. I don't NCAA know. NCAA football was bigger than Madden. Not at my not it was at NC, school with it was NC, I don't think NCAA it was for me. Now NCAA, once I once I started playing it, I was like, "This is the best yeah. game." Period. It was NCAA, FIFA, and then honestly, for me, the other, the third would have been Tiger. Tiger, Tiger was. I love Tiger. Boy, did I ever run with Tiger yeah. in the early two thousands? That was quite good. But this brought brought me back to me. The reason I brought all this up is to bring it back to Madden. Like the FIFA experience, in in terms of like what you what I, anytime I hear like. Um, Nick Shook talk about like what it's lacking. The FIFA game has it. Like when you go to buy a player, you have to negotiate with the guy. Like they have a scene in the two, you and the owner of PSG. You want to buy Messi? You get, you're in a room. By the way, he's going to Inter, Inter- Miami, which is an, um, outrageous. Well, I know. I, I think we got to see more details on what what's happened there. Um, but so then, and then after that, then Messi comes in. The actual Messi guy comes in. You have to negotiate his salary with him. And if you screw up, like today I was trying to get Beamsy. He's playing with Bayern. I'm trying to get Rev- Robert Lewandowski back to Bayern. And I'm like, I missed up and hit the wrong button. And I was a zero off on the salary. And they're like, we're out. And they left. And insulted. I can't get him back. I insulted, insulted him. You insulted him. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of $230,000 a week, I offered him <laughs> $23,000 a week. I'm like, oh, Beams, I'm sorry. we got to go find somebody else. He's like, well, get him back. I'm like, it's too late. It's gone. We offended him. He's out. Yeah. So well, it's whatever. Like, that's incredible because, like, Madden does not have it like no. that. No. Whoever the team is that's bidding for Messi that was still trying to get Messi. You're talking about the Saudi Arabian team? They just offered yeah. him $1.5 billion for three years. Yeah, yeah. So 1.5. So what could he possibly be getting from Inter-Miami? It could, I mean, he's worth about a billion anyway. So, so there was a lot of conjecture that what this would be. He really wanted to go back to Barcelona. 
is what he wanted to do. He didn't want to leave Barcelona to begin with. Yep. But because of financial fair play rules that UEFA put in, which think of the dichotomy of that, yeah. they weren't allowed to sign. They couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford to sign him because of the financial fair play rules. So he went to PSG and played there for two years. So his contract's up at PSG. There was reports that he was trying to work a deal where it was a Barcelona and uh, Inter-Miami deal where he would play next year at Barcelona and then play the following summer at Inter-Miami. He would get his chance to play his last season at Barcelona and then go finish his career at Inter-Miami. I have to assume that the Inter-Miami play is a big stake of ownership in Inter-Miami, which in turn would give him some ownership in MLS. Um, I have to assume that he's been given that. There's no way – there's zero chance that they could even get in the vicinity of what he's made – I mean, they couldn't get within a tenth of what he made at PSG last year, let alone what what the Saudis were offering. Yeah, but here's what I think: like, why wouldn't he just take the the Inter Miami thing will always be there. One point five from the Sa- billion. Yeah, I mean, maybe I didn't, he didn't want to do the Saudi Arabian thing, well, but he didn't did, have a problem with it before. Didn't like, we he's just always learn... done the vacations over there, and he's done all the other stuff, and so I don't didn't know. Didn't we just learn from Live Tour? What did we say yesterday? Take the bag. Take the bag, man. Unless he – I don't know. Maybe – I don't – I can't speak to it. I have no idea. You never have enough money that you say no to $1.5 billion. Agreed. Agreed. Or maybe you just didn't want to play in Saudi Arabia. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, the uh, the one last thing on the, on the Live PGA. I've read nonstop on this. Very clearly this was going to be leaked, and so they had to jump the gun. Like there's nothing set up. They have no clue about anything. No. They don't know what this is going to look like. They don't know if Liv's yep. going to still exist. They don't they know. They bought golf. No, no, for sure. That's, that's a lock stock. And yep. and they, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, who used to work for the players, sold them out for to be – he's Wamsgans is what he is. Yep. That's what he is if you watch Succession. Um, but – there's no logistical questions that are even in the vicinity of being ready to being answered. None. By the way, how did the European tour become the DP World Tour? I also had that it's question. It's got to be a name thing only, right? Like, so here's the. This is the most. This is another thing that came out today about the about this. The, on the PGA Tour site, the new venture is not yet named, so it might not be the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour might be gone. Correct. It might be the live tour or whatever the guy running the Saudi who's got the strings on the, on the Saudi money, whatever he decides it to be. Cause he's the chairman. He's running it. What happened to all those things that like the PGA tour, remember they were going to do like Monday night shootouts and all this like stuff and yada, yada, yada. And to be cool. There's one other thing that's interesting on that. We'll take a quick break. You listen to Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by belly bet sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now let's head to the podium. Head coach Kevin Stefanski. Kevin, are you ready to name a starter for the Hall of Fame? No, I'm not. But I'll be there. <laughs> hey, Kevin, uh, Nick Chubb, you know, without Kareem here, do you see him being a little more used in the passing game? I, I think, uh, Fred, I think it's early to say, you know, make those type of predictions. Uh, Nick's a huge part of what we do offensively in the run and in the pass. 
so we'll see how all that shakes out, like you mentioned. Uh, but, but I think he's doing a really nice job. Showed up. He's in shape. Uh, he's catching up to some of the things that are new, uh, and he's, he's working at it. Looks like y'all are experimenting with the different things Elijah Moore can do offensively. Yeah, I think that's what, honestly, the offseason and, and, and mini camper for. You, you got to put things in, in the laboratory, see what they look like. Uh, so we're trying to emphasize certain things where we just need more. We need extra reps, uh, really, is what we're trying to do. So uh, make sure that we're intentional about what we rep so that we can you know, see what we like, see what works for our players. Because ultimately, like you mentioned, Jake, each one of these players, uh, Elijah in this case, we got to find out what he does best. I know this probably isn't the ideal situation to um, evaluate defensive linemen yet, but what have you seen out of Obo? Yeah, and you're 100% correct on that, Scott. It's so hard, you know, you want to say, hey, this guy's having a good camp. This guy, it's so hard in the rules, how they're written, uh, for the guys in the trenches that their game is predicated on, on physicality and you can't do that. So uh, Oboe in particular, though, I've uh, been very impressed with him in our building. Works really hard, uh, displays some leadership traits. Uh, as you know, we've, we've played him, so I know what he's all about. He's, he's a uh, really a relentless pass rusher, plays hard, uh, plays with power, plays with speed. So uh, excited about Obo, but um, right now I think he's doing a nice job with what we're asking him to do. And when, do you get, when you make the move for them, Zedarius, after you sign him, like, does, it, does there need to be a conversation? I'm thinking he came here thinking he was going to be a starter, and now he might his role might be different. Though. Yeah, I think for all of our players, you know, you have a lot of those conversations with your guys uh, throughout the offseason as things change. Um, but we also know that uh, our jobs, every single one of us, coaches, players, we have to do our job, whatever that job is, whatever our role is, whatever role we earn, uh, we have to do that job to the best of our ability. Do you have any reference to all the gambling violations that have occurred? The Browns re-upped their teaching program, the do's and don'ts? Yes, often. Yeah, because it's... it's uh, we take it really seriously, Tony. We've talked, you could ask the players, we've talked a lot about it throughout this offseason uh, just because you're teaching off of things that are happening around our game and happening with other teams, uh, and we don't want to lose a guy for any reason. We don't want them to uh, get injured. We don't want to lose a guy for uh, breaking a rule of, of any sort. So you, you have to educate them on the rules because there is some uh, things that are new, as you know, with sports gambling. So uh, part of my job and our job uh, with this organization is to educate our players. We're going to spend more time on it. We talked about it yesterday. We're going to spend more time on it this afternoon as well. Hey, Ken, why was uh, Perry and Winfrey not on the field yesterday or today? Yeah, he's working uh, inside, but not going to get into all the specifics. But is he healthy? Yes. How much would you say Deshaun Watson has improved? We're talking about Deshaun today. So how much has he improved over maybe this time last year? How's he yeah, I, I think you'd have to ask him, Mary Kay, to, for a specific uh, answer to that. He's doing everything we're asking him to do. And like I mentioned earlier, we're trying some different things. Like even in that last period, we made a, a, an adjustment right before the play. Hey, said, have the running back do this instead of what we had previously talked about. So it's all about trying to see what our guys can handle, uh, see what our guys are good at, quarterback included, right? Want to see what Deshaun is comfortable with. Uh, but he, he's doing a really nice job. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, and to your point, seven on seven. I mean, 
I beat the quarterbacks up on, on your eyes and your feet in those drills. And, uh, and, and he's working really hard. I think he's working really hard in, in the meeting room, making sure that he's got a really good grasp of what we're doing. Uh, and then the ability to make throws, the ability to, to be on time, go through a progression, and make accurate throws to our guys. So he, he holds himself to a high standard, uh, and I think he's practicing really well. Kevin, body language with Deshaun this year compared to last year, it seems like a lot more demonstrative, a lot more, it seems like, Vocal, a lot of. I mean, are you just noticing a difference in there that you know, maybe that comes with a certain comfort level that you know this is his team now fully. Yeah. Again, I don't want to go backwards, but I'll just tell you where he is. Uh, he's working really hard. He's got a, a good, like any of us, you know, one year into it has a better grasp of, of all things. Uh, so we just got to continue to stack days and get better every day. What have you seen from David Njoku to the offseason? He had a couple of nice catches out there today, but just is the evolution of his game and where you think he's at. Yeah, I think, uh, like we've talked about a lot with Dave, when he was healthy last year, he, he was rolling. He, he was making plays in the pass game, was excellent in the run game. So uh, we know what he's capable of. I still think there's even more that, that we can get from Dave and Dave can get from himself. And I think he, he puts himself in great uh, position to do that with how he takes care of his body, practices really hard. Uh, so excited about Dave. Kevin, a couple more. Are you comfortable with the backup offensive tackle situation right now? Yeah, I think with, as you know, Tony, with, with our roster, uh, we continue to, Andrew and crew, look at every position uh, to try and improve throughout the season. I really like the guys we have, uh, both the starters and the backups at that position. They're working really hard. I think Coach Callahan and Coach Peters and Coach DeCosta, they're spending countless hours in that meeting room out here on the field to develop young players. So uh, we're working really hard at it right now. So after tomorrow, the next time your team will be on the field together for practices at the Green Bay, right? Correct. So what, what do you hope are the main benefits that you guys get out of going out yeah, um, I think the Greenbrier will be an opportunity for us to get away, uh, you know, get get away from um, town and, and get under the same roof together, and, and uh, you know, hopefully there's no cell phone service, that type of thing. So it just allows you to just be around your team and, and really focus on the work. I mean, we're down there, I think, for eight nights, uh, and it, it as we've talked about with that. Hall of Fame game really gives us an opportunity to lengthen our runway into the season. Uh, so we're going to make each one of those days count. Uh, but excited to just be down there uh, together. Uh, and then we'll get back up here and, and have plenty more work to do uh, and have an opportunity to get in front of our fans. So do you think like, what you're saying is you'll one more be here. under the same roof and everything? Like, you would be here, but do you think like taking it there exactly. is yeah. more conducive to buying? Uh, it can be. It can be. Yeah, I think. It's never, if you have the opportunity, and luckily uh, and fortunately we have ownership that are so supportive of this, but if you have the opportunity to get your team away and, and, and really focus on football and kind of eliminate distractions, be it a uh, crying kid at 2 in the morning, um, get everybody uh, in one spot, uh, I think it's, it's beneficial uh, to your team. Last one, then Nick Chubb. I don't know if anybody's got crying kids. But. <laughs> what do you want um, Deshaun Watson to do or accomplish yeah, he has a plan. Uh, we've talked about it. He'll, he'll do uh, a couple things, you know, personally, but then he'll have the guys working out in a couple different spots. Uh, they'll stay sharp. So uh, 
we'll talk about it tomorrow with the team, but that break is, is really important for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, to just get away, take that final breather, because as you know, it's a long season. Uh, so to get that final breather away from this, but then also to keep yourself in great shape. I think those weeks away are, are an opportunity for our players to really get ready for the, the grind. I think they've done a nice job with this off season while they're here. Uh, and then when they're away, it's time to get your bodies ready for the grind. Can I squeeze one more? Sure oh, you can, Jeff. The, um, does the, the offensive line, do they have to hold blocks longer? Or how much different is it for them blocking for Deshaun than it was for? Yeah, that's something we've talked about. I mean, it was something certainly we saw last season. Deshaun has the ability to extend plays. And when that when those uh, times come up, it's really incumbent on all 10 other guys out there to, to stay alive. And that may be the receivers getting open. That's got to be the offensive line when they're blocking. The play's never over uh, until that whistle blows. And Deshaun does have that unique ability that he's shown his whole life uh, to extend plays. All right, there you go. That was good. Day two, day three tomorrow. It's the last Going one on a for a while. Out. The last one for a very long while. I'll tell you what, they benefited tremendously from this weather. It has been cool. It has been reasonable. We have not had – I mean, last week this would have been brutal. Brutal. In the this 90s. Is Calif- this is like great California weather. This is Santa Barbara, baby. Oh, yeah. 70s. <laughs> Crushing it. High of 72 every day. Beautiful. That's where it's at. All right, the next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.